Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text for today is the Gospel lesson appointed for the 10th Sunday in the season of Pentecost. I read to you from John chapter 6, starting on the 22nd verse through to the 35th. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. The other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of, the, of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Thus far the text. I invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, bless us today through the hearing of your word. Bless us with faith to understand it and especially to trust in it. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord, a communion wafer cannot fill your hungry belly, and yet it can give you complete satisfaction. And that's because of your Lord's promise to be truly present in, with, and under that element of bread in the supper which he initiated. Take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. These aren't figurative words, but instead complete assurances to us that an omnipresent Lord can come to us and bless us personally by any means of his choosing. He's with us in our baptism, conveyed in the water and in the word. He's with us in the scriptures. He's with us in his supper. And having been with us from the beginning of all time, he's also with us for all eternity, even when we die. We have the assurance that our rest in the grave is sanctified by his presence. So he's with us even there as our bodies await the physical resurrection. How can these things be? We as humans can't fully understand. We can't fully grasp the attributes of God as they far exceed our limits of comprehension. But that doesn't mean that we can't believe. God's gift of faith surpasses comprehension. Faith doesn't say, what signs do you do? Faith says, I believe. Faith says, I trust in the bread. 
some of those 5,000 men and their family members who had only just been satiated, that is to say, who, have only, who had only just been completely satisfied by that grand and glorious meal of two fish and five loaves of bread while out in the wilderness while with Jesus, um, uh, they, they now joined Jesus in Capernaum. They came back on the boats. Uh, if you were here over the course of the last few weeks, or if you're familiar with the order of events being listed in Mark's gospel, you might remember that Jesus sent his disciples, the twelve, out into the uh, out into the surrounding regions and pairs with authority over unclean spirits. And then upon their return, they went away to that desolate place where the feeding of the 5,000 took place. And then Jesus um, left them in that region and walked on water and calmed the angry sea, showed back up in Capernaum, and the people followed him there. Uh, show us miracles, the people demanded. Show us a sign that we may see and believe in you. We're talk about an unbelieving people. They had the signs right before them in those who drove out the demons in Jesus' name. They had the sign right before them in the fish and the loaves they'd eaten, and they'd had the sign before them as they stepped off the boat, and Jesus was there ahead of them. How did you get here if we saw all your disciples get into the boat and you dismissed us last we saw of you you were going the other way we were going we were going down from the mountain and you were going up to pray how could you get here ahead of us and and be there in Capernaum it didn't occur to anybody to ask the bigger question they should have asked why did you come to us yet again well, there's a question that actually humbles the soul have you ever asked that question of Jesus why did you come to me yet again, Lord Jesus? <laughs> you, the very word of God, through whom all things were spoken into existence. You, the holy and omnipotent God, in whose presence I am but nothing. Why did you come to me yet again and, and again and again? And me, a poor, miserable sinner. Well, he comes to each one of us to remind us of the work that he has accomplished on the cross. We're sealed for redemption by his blood. And Jesus comes to us to assure us of that in his word, both written and spoken. He comes to call us to repentance when we sin and to speak his absolution over us in our repentance, repeatedly, if we need, as we need to hear it. And he comes to feed us, too. Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For this bread, uh, for, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Uh, this is, uh, in, in this world that expects God to uh, fill its belly, God gives his Son. That's the difference between a theology of glory and uh, its associated prosperity theology and the theology of the true gospel, which is soundly entrenched in the theology of the cross. Having done everything that's necessary to please God, the false doctrine inquires, what will God do to reward us? You see the flaw? There's, there's nothing that we can actually do to please God because, as it says in Isaiah 64, even our good works are as filthy rags before God. That's because what we do here on this side of eternity is still tainted with sin. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need the cross. Jesus comes to us to fill our souls with release. He's a new food. 
and one that satiates us completely and, and gives us life. Eat this bread. He comes to you. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. That's our key verse for this week. John 6, 35. He, the true bread, is given into death for our sake, so that we may know that our sins are forgiven. Once again, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. John 6, 35. May our Lord bless us all and come to us repeatedly that we know his presence, his love, and especially his life to all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your holy love, a love that sent your Son to us. And we pray that we receive the very bread of life repeatedly, to do so often and joyously, because it is our life. We ask that you bless us as we uh, go on in this week ahead, and especially that you cause us to come together in your word and in your holy house. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen. And amen.